This is the Sports Divided Podcast. The Chicago Bulls have won their sixth NBA championship, and it's their second three-peat. Second two out, Palmero over the head of Jenks. Uribe charges, throws, out! And the White Sox have won the World Series. To the net, over. Patrick Kane has scored the goal. What a ride. The Cardinals are world champs in 2011. The Cubs win the World Series. They did it. It's over. The game is over. The series is over. The wait is over. And the St. Louis Blues are the Stanley Cup champions. Welcome back to Sports Divided, re-recording on Thursday, August 24th. Tonight, I'm joined by Dave, Keith, Matt. I'm your host, Rick. All right, guys, we got a lot of of stuff to cover. Uh, A lot of MLB news that broke since the last time we met. Um, Some impactful for this year, some impactful for 30 years from now. I don't know. We'll see. Um, And then we'll talk a little bit of shade that was thrown from Stephen A. Smith to Lonzo Ball and from Lonzo Ball back to Stephen A. Smith. Uh, And then we'll talk NFL AFC East or AFC West and NFC West predictions. And then we'll get into our Mount Rushmore of NFL football team nicknames. Um, First, we're going to start off with our power rankings for this week uh, with the MLB. So let's get right into it. Um, this week at number 10 on the power rankings is the Milwaukee Brewers. So the brew crew slides in, um, I don't know, I guess they've been hot relatively recently, but also a lot of teams, a lot of teams have fallen out of it more than them climb, uh, at number nine, the Philadelphia Phillies. At number eight, the Toronto Blue Jays. At number seven, the Houston Astros. At number six, the hottest team since June 1st, the Seattle Mariners. Number five, the Baltimore Orioles. The formula still doesn't like them. We'll have have that fixed next year for sure. Uh, Number four, the Texas Rangers. They have fallen from grace from number two last week. Uh, The Rays are three. The Dodgers jumped from four to two. And then number one is still the Atlanta Braves. Uh, any shocks, any teams that like you guys really want to hone in and talk about real quick? Uh, well, I was, I was surprised, list? really, because I, I hadn't been paying attention when I went and dug through the Rangers-Mariners deal. You know, the, the fact that, you know, you're basically going in the opposite direction, six, seven game streaks. And the Rangers, you know, when they got swept by Milwaukee, that's, um, I think the two of them were overtime games, but. Well, I think they also got swept by uh, Arizona this past week. And Jordan Montgomery went like eight innings of shutout ball. And the first pitch that Aroldis Chapman threw to blew the save with a one run or with a solo shot. So the other, the other fact that I had that, that had come up with was uh, was up on TV the other day. And stuff like that was, there were three teams since uh, the All-Star break with nine series wins. And that was the Dodgers, the Mariners, and the Cubs. So, um, yeah. So I was going to talk about this because we were going to, but I'll just add this in now because we're talking about it. So I saw the stat on this was uh, two days ago when the stat came about. 
and I was like amazed um, that the hard hit barrel rates or balls that were put in quote barrel categories this year. Uh, the number two team in baseball is the Los Angeles Dodgers at 315. The number one team at barrel rate is the Atlanta Braves at 396. So yeah. like, what does that mean? What is what does that number uh, mean? Barreled means anything over 97 degree, like uh, miles per hour off the bat or more. Okay. okay. 396. So 315 was the next closest, and what's the next? Yes. So what's the third? Just uh, I I didn't look at the third. I just know where our teams sit. Yeah. And those are the other ones. Where, where, where but I, I don't think it was – it wasn't that big of a drop-off because the Cardinals are seventh at 291. From 315 to 291 is okay. five spots. Oh, there you go. Okay. So it's not a – the Cubs are 19th at 248, and the White Sox are 22nd at 236. So if you think about that, the Braves are wild. <laughs> like, well, they just 396. One through nine, they don't have really a huge glaring weak spot in their lineup at all. So, yeah, no lead is no lead is safe. <laughs> when we played them last time, you sit there every inning going, "Holy crap!" You know what the hell? I mean, <laughs> even if there's two outs in the inning, all of a sudden there's this line drives flying everywhere. Yeah. But just like. I mean, so 22nd, right, is the White Sox. And they are 160 barrel balls away from the Braves. The Cardinals are 105, and they're seventh. Like, that, just, like, the Braves are a different animal. Mm -hmm. And I think that goes to show more why a lot of teams in the NL said, yeah, Atlanta, it's it's right. it's yours to lose. We're not going to make too many trades at the deadline and risk too much of our future for this year because – Yeah. Well, picture this for a minute also because I think, if I'm not mistaken, Swanson leads the Cubs in in uh, percent of barrels or whatever. I think if he's playing short for the Braves yet. Yeah, <laughs> I mean – Well, if he's playing he play second base for the Braves. Well, wherever. I mean, <laughs> stick him in that lineup. I mean, yeah. yeah. That's a good point. <laughs> yeah, and they got more. They got more in the pipeline too, right? So it's just, uh, man, it'd be nice if the White Sox can go ahead and get their uh, next president from that organization, or the Rays, one or the other. No, they're gonna take the guy from Kansas City who won, made the playoffs three times in seventeen years. Yeah, <laughs> well, he'll uh... fit right in. <laughs> so. <laughs> Until Jerry goes, you guys are really holes, man. Yeah. We'll get to the White Sox. Let's hold off on the White Sox talk. We'll get there. Um, so, by the White Sox. I just, I was looking up. So, I think, I think uh, Patrick Wisdom actually leads the Cubs in barrel percentage, but that's because of, uh, the fact he doesn't make a lot of contact. That <laughs> barrel percentage is purely based off of barrels times the rate of contact, not times the rate yeah. of swings. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, it's 100 miles an hour or strike yeah. three. It's, it's, you don't get a lot of in between there. 
And then Madrigal, I think he's got three barrels for his career or something like that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, One of them like uh, won a game though, or brought your tie to game, whatever it was. It's so. frightening. It, it, I mean, <laughs> that's when you know you, things might be going your way is when Madrigal homers to win a game for you. Right. Yeah. I mean, you'll take whatever you can get. That's... But yeah, it's that. It's just like. And okay, so I found the the updated stats. Uh, this was as of last night. Um, apparently, I guess the Dodgers may not have played yesterday. I don't know because they stayed at three fifteen, and the Braves added three more of three ninety nine. They're at three ninety nine now. And so your question, Matt, number three is the Texas Rangers at three ten. Number four is the Minnesota Twins at three oh six, and five is the Los Angeles Angels at three oh five. And then the Mariners at 301. And those are the only teams that have more than 300 barrel balls. So what's Ohio? Ohio uh, <laughs> Otani have 100 of them? <laughs> Him and Trout, probably something close. Yeah. Um, but yeah. So uh, as far as anything else, obviously the Mariners are uh, quickly climbing these rankings. Um, on the I was back trying to Julio Rodriguez breaking. Yeah, uh, seventeen hits in in a four game series is the most yeah. ever. Yeah, most ever since I think there was sixteen over four in nine. It was like nineteen. I'm gonna ruin it, but probably twenty six or something like that. So the record that stood that long. That's a good month for many players. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Right, it said uh, Julio Rodriguez entered the month with a two fifty one batting average and now he's batting 284 so that's uh pretty wild 17 home runs now he has 28 yeah it's the what the mariners did in houston like was unbelievable because it wasn't just the mariner it wasn't even just julio like they had I think there's I think that I was trying to find the tweet. I can't find it. But I think the stat was something that they averaged like 12 barreled balls in their four game series. Meaning they had what? 48 at least barreled balls in one series. <laughs> Just seems like absolutely ridiculous. Um, and then that does also take into account with how good the Mariners are playing. The segues into who we'll talk about next, but the uh, dramatic walk-off steal that happened uh, for the White Sox on Sunday in extra innings. I don't know if anybody actually saw that. I know <laughs> White Sox aren't exactly must-watch TV it right now, not. but yes. But there was a butt. There was a butt play, and Tim Anderson took off. Cal yeah. Rowley threw behind him to second base because Andres missed the bunt. Uh, Anderson then took off for third, and JP Crawford sailed it over Suarez's head, and Anderson scored the winning run. So this is the second time the White Sox have had a walk off win in extra innings okay. without having to put a ball in play. The other, if anybody <laughs> remembers. Was the uh, cross up that hit the ump right in the face? Yeah, I remember that. Um, 
Is that Miami? I believe it was who they played when that happened. That sounds right. Yeah. No, no. Uh, <laughs> Smacked them. Oh man. Yeah. yeah. That was wild. <laughs> um. So yeah. So we'll talk. White. We'll jump into the White Sox right now. So the White Sox. Uh, was it wins? No. Was it Monday? Monday is that, is that when they fired? No, Kenny Williams and Rick uh, Was it Tuesday? Tuesday. I think it was Tuesday. Was it, it was either Monday or Tuesday. Yeah, I think it was Tuesday. Okay. Oh, I, I sent you guys that text. Let me see. Yeah. But anyway, well, it doesn't matter. I was just preferencing. It was Tuesday. So, Tuesday, okay. So, uh, they fired Kenny Williams and Rick Hahn, GM and vice, uh, senior vice president of baseball. Uh, Kenny Williams was the second longest tenured baseball exec in baseball behind Brian Cashman. Uh, it was also having a good year. <laughs> yeah. Well, the top three are the top three. We're not having a good year. The top three are Brian Cashman, who's from 98, Kenny Williams, who is a GM from 2000 till 2012, and then became senior VP from 2012 to Tuesday, 2023. And the third, the third longest is Mr. <laughs> Bowtie himself, John Mosellock. Well, you know, we're just we're just trying to do what we can. Uh, he was GM of 2000, 2007 is when he took over, which I kind of found out when I was reading into Rick Hahn a little bit, getting his background. Apparently, Rick Hahn was interviewed by the Cardinals at the time and then removed his name from the uh, ability to be the GM, and that's when they hired John Mosellock. So what could have been, maybe. Uh, he also then... Did not get the Pirates GM job at that time, and the White Sox declined his ability to interview for the Seattle Mariners job in 2008. Um, but yeah, so Rick Hahn was an assistant GM from 2002 to 2012, and then took over as a GM in 2012 until obviously Tuesday, 2023. And then news broke yesterday that they have rehired Tony Larusa as a consultant. Matt. <laughs> no, I think what you just said there summed it all up for me. Yes. Uh, all I can say. You well, know, I mean, let's be real. The glimmer of hope because you're kind of like, wow, somebody's waking up and things might change, and and then they just revert right back to no. Wow. Do you know no. the last place Tony Larusa was a consultant and what he did for that team? Was that the Dodgers? before before he took over as the manager of the White Sox? Was that Arizona? Yes, he was a draft consultant for Arizona. Yeah. And how has Arizona drafted the past couple of years and how has their team turned out? Well, good. If you let the guy if you let uh, the guy watch that baseball, you, that tells you where your rebuild's going now. But I'm just saying if you let the guy watch baseball and pick it pick certain players, the guy knows what he's doing. We yeah. we all found out it wasn't Tony Larusa that was the issue. Sure, with these yeah, past gotta, couple of years of the White Sox. Yeah, you know. yeah. I I don't think it's so much. It's not so much questioning. You know, can he be? I mean, that's probably if if forget everything else for the moment. You know, I mean, that is probably an appropriate role for him, and uh, he'll likely be very good at it. But it's just okay. Now I'll bring back in everything else. It's like, wait a minute. You know. You, you give fans some hope, okay, uh, and then you turn right around and you, you know, bring back the golden oldie and, like, we're right back where we started from, you know, and, and it just, it's like, you know, if you're going to, if you're going to wipe the slate clean, wipe the slate clean. If there was ever an organization that needed to go outside. Yeah. Yes. It, it's the white side. I mean, it's, I mean, it's, 
And no Isaac was your manager. And none of that, I mean, none of that stuff that to the papers now and stuff. You you need to go completely away because you're, you know, I mean, you, this guy gets he's been he's been uh, the head of player development for the last five years. How's that going? Yeah, I, I mean, they've got they've developed me? they've developed the guys that get to the majors. It's now putting the other pieces. But what if what if the consultant isn't so much day to day? What if the consultant is to be like? Tony, help us find a good baseball mind outside of this organization. If that was true, that would be that, that would be fine. But I mean, that they just said he's a consultant. You don't really know what it is. Until, you know, they haven't, right? I didn't see anything of what they technically delegated his role to be. But he might just be the man, guy. He might be the guy that Jerry isn't going to entrust to interview these guys and then give recommendations for. Well, yeah, so that only, might be only, it. Only one a lot between Getz and and. Dayton Moore are going to have the are going to run the club. What's the other guy going to do? Well, I mean, well, that but that might be the thing that that might be what they say now just to get through this year, and then you see what happens because neither of them have been G. Their gets really hasn't been Dayton Moore on G- Kansas City for how many years? Yeah, but well, and he built a, he built a winner. He built a team that won and went to another World Series. So, but my point being is. That's what they're doing right now. This could all three playoffs like, in seventeen years has been a success, no matter how you look at it. No, but I mean, you know, this is all speculation. Kansas City I also mean, doesn't use a lot of money. Would well, would the Cardinals be happy with a guy that wins in the playoffs three times in seventeen years? Well, no, but it's also Kansas well, they City. Have them hung. <laughs> it's also Kansas City. That's the thing. Like, but my point just is, is like what they're saying right now doesn't mean that's what's going to happen. Come. December first of this year, when the off season really gets going. Yeah, yeah, I think I, he's probably out of the front runners now. I don't know it makes sense. There's well, one guy that I don't that yeah. I didn't see on a list that I think makes a lot of sense. I just I just hope they do their due diligence and actually interview multiple people and pick the best candidate, not just. I mean, how you know, how how often does Bob Nightingale not have the inside scoop? Yeah, I, I don't like Bob. He wasn't the one that broke this. He was not the first to report this one. Who was the first report? I mean, the, the team, the Sox, nobody. yeah, just dropped nobody. Out, right? yep. Yeah, that's what. Yeah, it was thirty minutes before first pitch. Yeah, it's wild. So, there's a certain Bennett graduate that is a GM that doesn't really have a job, but just a title that might fit yeah. pretty well. Yeah, he's basically Michael the, Gersh of the Cardinals, the Cardinals version of of Rick Hahn, who yes. was you know. In title only. I mean, you know, it didn't really do anything. But I could see, I could see them. Honestly, there's a guy that I know he got he got blackballed throughout baseball because of the players, because they all said it was his idea. But I guarantee it, banging on a trash can was not Jeff Lunau's idea. Jeff Lunau could be a guy that you think about. He built the Astros. He was the Scouting director for the Cardinals from 2007 till 2015, or farm director. He's got a decent track record. I just don't know if he's still banned from baseball. That I do not know. Yeah, I know the the people on the radio are saying um, Theo Epstein, but that that's never going to happen. Theo's got to break that check. I'll buy stakes all around here. Well, yeah. Theo Theo's okay. got. There's there's one job in, in I don't know that baseball. It's check. It's, it would be the it would be the the autonomy. He 
He yeah. would never turn the entire club over to Theo. Never. Yeah. No. There is there is one team that gets Theo Epstein out of his position with the MLB. And it's the longest tenured executive in America or in the baseball. It's if Brian Cashman gets fired and the Steinbergers come calling. Probably that's true. that's the only place that he goes. Okay, yeah, I'll go. I'll go win there too. Then I've won with I broke two curses, and then I've won in the biggest city possible. Well, because the Yankees been out of for so. I mean, the other day somebody threw it. I couldn't believe how long it's been. Two thousand nine. Yeah, yeah, and they haven't made it to a World Series since either. It's not like they just haven't won. Oh nine, they won. They haven't made it back. Mainly. Some of that's because of the banging of the trash cans. They probably win that series if Jose Altuve doesn't know a slider's coming from a Roldis Chapman in extra innings that one year. But that's you know we can, we we can move on from that one. But yeah, so I don't know the White Sox. They finally did it. But I'm what I guess the, I'm, su- where, I'm surprised. To what degree is is the real question? You know, well, I'm also surprised why this didn't happen. Why didn't like. Why didn't it happen before the deadline then? And or why didn't you wait until the season's over? Like why what was the point of doing it 30 minutes before first pitch on Tuesday? I don't against know. the Mariners. Well, you know, Steve Stone was on when he was on the thing the other day, and he said nobody asked me. He said, But you know, why do you trade six or seven of your pitchers? And then you and then you wonder why you're not gonna win anything the rest of the year at all. You're not even going, you know, he, he said that if you're gonna do it, then trade everybody, but you know. Don't decimate the, the staff and then send everybody out there to get raped. Uh, well, and then so, so then, what does that also mean for what's his, what's the manager's name? Uh, how do I say Pedro, Pedro Grafal? Yeah, Grafal. I wanted to say Grafalo, but I knew. It well, don't forget, Grafal worked for Dayton Moore in Kansas City. Yeah. I know, but but like now, if they, if they truly bring in some, like now he's a one and done. He's a Rick Renteria. You know what I mean? Like, I mean, I don't think whoever they hire. Unless they already have a previous relationship, he's not. He's not going to stick around if they hire somebody outside. They're actually like, oh, or maybe the like a year, right? yeah, a year type of thing. What did they do that? It's the transition year when everything is. In they did that with Ventura, Robin Ventura. Yeah, just to like feel the team out. Let's get some players. Let's this, and then we'll, you know. Well, just because you also don't want to burn a guy's contract of a guy that might not, you know, of a good coach in a bad year. Yeah. Like, but if I'm them, I'm probably calling the team. I'm probably calling the Giants or the Rays to interview their assistant GM. hundred percent. Yeah. I mean, if you don't, you're you're an idiot, and the Sox, the Sox probably won't. So they're idiots, or they'll say they did, or you know, they'll interview people, but they'll say, "Oh, these are the guys we're going to choose." And, you know, so, I'll probably just promote Chris Getz, and you know, it is what it is, but. Does this have any uh, volatility to the fact that maybe Reinsdorf looks to? There was an article about in the Chicago in the Cranes Chicago Business Journal, which SI then ran with. I don't believe the whole Nashville thing is really realistic. I don't think. I think that's just thrown out there to well, get see, people to bite on. Either when he when he basically held up big Jim Thompson to build on the stadium and give a sweetheart deal. You know, he, well, he, that, he I looked it up. It's not a sweetheart deal. They have, they're paying forty five percent every year of ticket prices to the to the city before they make any dollar off of it. But they have so it's not a sweetheart. No, they. I just said they have they they pay forty five dollars of every or they pay forty five percent of everything. So they have cost. 
They don't they don't rake in all that profit, and then they have to pay forty five percent of all the media rights and media technology that goes into there. I was looking at the lease. Like they, I don't know why Reinsdorf actually signed off on forty five percent. That's a lot of give. You're giving up forty five percent of your gate to pay for all this stuff. Because he didn't want to pay for a new stadium. But still, the point is forty five percent is a lot. But so. Does and that mean and they may have called his bluff otherwise? Well, he, he also he wasn't the first one. These when he bought the team, they were already in Comiskey was already owned. They had whoever sold it to him had already sold those rights and they were already in an agreement with the Illinois sports financial, whatever they are. Yeah, that's whatever to that's... manage to manage Comiskey. And and Reinsdorf could not break that contract until 2024. So the contract, like some of that stuff, like getting them to build them a new stadium, it didn't matter whether, like that was them needing the upgrades. The contract was still in place until next year from the original time they, whoever owned it. Because I was reading about the lease agreement. The only time he could have got out of it was in 1991. He could have broken the lease agreement for like 60% of the cost at the time of their projected earnings of that next year. Meaning he would have had to cut a check. They would have projected out what they would have made, cut a check for sixty percent of what those earnings would have been to break the lease in ninety one. Well, in ninety one, the ballpark was still fine. Everything was going good. Why break it, right? But so, but that what my question is is the first thing I thought of when they fired these guys when they did it is, are they gonna is there gonna be a white fence up for sale come this off season? For Ryan Sturf, and it may, it makes sense. Rocky Words just passed away. His longtime business partner. Maybe he just wants to focus on the Bulls, and he always liked baseball better. That's that's, that's what he says. But the Bulls yeah. probably make him more money. Probably, yeah. Because he's how old now? Uh, yeah, eighty three. I think they said. Is it eighty three? I mean, yeah. Or is it another five year rebuild? Isn't going his uh his cards as well. Yeah, he does. He definitely has to make more off the Bulls. He's eighty-seven years old. Eighty-seven. Oh, okay. I had it backwards. I said seventy-eight, but yeah, he's eighty-seven. Okay, so it'll be a six-month rebuild. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, the Bulls' ticket prices are are how much higher? And Bulls are for the moment they're not sold out anymore, but they they sell out a lot. They sell out a, a large percentage. Well, but it's not only that, is because he was such good buddies with Rocky, he doesn't have to pay nearly as much in facility costs to be in that building either. He's not losing he's not losing he's not losing forty five percent of his ticket sales every single time. You know, along with then paying salaries and all of that stuff. And the deal, like I didn't read it fully, but it was like because it broke it down in tiers. Tier two was like 26, it was like 26% of concession sales is what goes back to the state too from Sox games. I'm sure he doesn't have those high of numbers when it comes to Bulls paying words. Because one, they're buddies. And two, it's not the government. Did he, did he sign it with, with, with old man words or did he sign it with Rocky? <laughs> Right, because old man works and screw anybody. I mean, I, I mean, I didn't, I didn't look at that. I just searched White Sox lease agreement. Was you know, 
they don't pay anything to be in the building, but they have all the other stuff that they have to pay for. Yeah, the Bulls, too. I mean, if you're going to veer towards a, a franchise, the Bulls are one of the teams that have the top or near top attendance every year. Well, it's so also the NBA. Good or average or whatever. Yeah, right. MLB regional, it's so regional. The league is dying when it comes to that stuff. The NBA is a, a league minimum deal is what? $22 million? Yeah. Not really, but you know what I mean? Like, it's yeah. like six or eight or something like that. Yeah. And then that's where you're hitting shortstop. You know, it's like uh, in basketball. And the, and the Bulls are a global brand, too. So it's, yeah. you know, this would make sense. Well, all it takes is realistically, the NBA takes one guy to get you through two rounds and you make how much more money over, hand over fist. Okay. Yeah. Doesn't, you, you can't just go to the you can't go to the major league baseball playoffs with one pitcher and think you're going to get through a round or two rounds. Now, if you could, then the uh, Angels would be the best team in baseball. Yeah. Running, right? <laughs> yeah. But yes, yeah, so, like I, I truly believe the whole thing with like because I read the article on Cranes. There was nowhere where he said, "Oh, they have talked about Nashville." It was just like, "Well, all possibilities are open," and then it was like. Oh, the Brewers have talked about Nashville. So I wonder if the White Sox would like to be involved in that. And it's like, yeah. Anne Marie pitched the idea. She goes, What if the White Sox actually do move? Would you still be a fan? And I, I have, I, that would be very, very hard, right? It would just be hard because the, the just, White Sox, the White Sox aren't moving. No, I know they're not going to move, but I'm just saying if they did, hypothetical. Milwaukee, Milwaukee's yeah. lease comes up before the White Sox. That would be the move. Yeah. Where else would they move? I'm to just, Milwaukee again? Like, think I, maybe maybe that makes me a bad fan, but it's it's really hard to see the way that it's been run and the the way that well, they well, there you go. Milwaukee and goes they to, what did Milwaukee goes to Nashville and the Sox go to Milwaukee? They already got a beautiful stadium built. <laughs> no, that that's why the Brewers would move is because that stadium apparently is garbage. It doesn't wow. meet any of the requirements anymore in the MLB, according to Rob Manfred. Hmm. Milwaukee baseball stadium? Yeah, they haven't they haven't upgraded the thing in like twelve years. They said anything about it since two thousand thirteen mm-hmm. or since two thousand twelve. At least wax that slide though, right? To get the guy down. <laughs> I don't think so. He doesn't slide down it anymore. He really chafed up after a couple. Games. No, I think now they just gave him a sheet to. Or they give him a pillowcase to ride down on. So he, well, at least they got a baseball stadium with a roof on. It's more than we have. Well, but you know, I I got to tell you that one thing that just bugs the heck out of me uh when once they get into september and then uh with the playoffs when they have those three o'clock starts uh you know i love the 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 dome the roof or whatever but um i i don't know what brain surgeon figured this out the the lighting the sun coming into left field it's it just like completely uh wipes out i mean left fielder can't see the ball you know? Oh, that's that's not the only thing they do. They also do that thing where uh, when it's nighttime and yeah. the uh, Brewers are hitting, oh, all the banners are bright white lights and makes it a little lighter. And then mm. when the Cardinals were hitting in 2011, it was uh, black lighting on the banners that made it yeah. a lot darker. Mm-hmm. Just like in 87 when the uh, Twins would have yeah. the AC blow in when yeah. the Cardinals were yeah. hitting or any team was hitting and blow out when the so yeah. I saw this stat because of that is why it would just remind So the Minnesota Twins in the 80s in the World Series were uh, 
mine well 91 doesn't count so in the 80s were eight and oh at home in world series play and <laughs> oh and seven on the road in world series play yeah, for total year, fluke total fluke yeah <laughs> nothing to do with, nothing to do with the fans no and i don't mean the fanatics i mean yeah 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 the ac yeah. fans blowing in uh, and blowing out did you ever see a game in person there no and I'm it glad would, I, w- I would have liked to watch like the the early Ots twins with Jock Jones, Tori Hunter, oh, and yeah. the pinstripes that they used to have with the baggy. I think that would have been cool, but no, I never saw anything. Like yeah, that. I you know I was up here on business uh, one time. Now, for what reason I went two nights in a row, I have no clue. Like, one night would have been more than enough, but uh, I felt like I was in somebody's basement. Uh, and and it truly did look like a giant hefty bag out there in uh, in in right field. It it was the weirdest place to watch a game. I'm I'm guessing the Tropicana Field is even worse. I um, had a, I did see a game in Trop. We were down there in 2011, and we were at Disney or we, well, not Disney. My parents own a timeshare in New Smyrna. We went to Disney one day, and we went across to watch the Cardinals play uh, the Rays in 2011 at the mm. trap and that place just the, the, turpin, the lighting the lighting yeah. makes the edward jones dome look bright yeah yeah i mean just just on tv it's like hey somebody you know either pay the electric yeah. bill or put yeah. some new bulbs in or something but yeah. uh and it just looks like such a dismal dreary place to play I and mean, the fans anyway. are miserable yeah even if even the place was packed it would be uh you know, dreary and miserable. Yeah. And like, like I said, the fans are hor- like, we were there. It was pre trade deadline, pre big move because I remember I watched Colby Rasmus hit a home run and I stood up and started cheering. And the lady behind me said, Can you sit down? We're trying to watch the game. <laughs> <laughs> and I turned around and I, this was 2011. So I was 20. I turned around and said, Sorry, in St. Louis, we cheer when we do something good. <laughs> like he had just hit a home run like what are you trying to watch him run around the bases Look yeah, at the yeah. here you want to see our guy running around the bases yeah, like, yeah. and then she said it again when there was like two outs two strikes we're getting ready to strike like win the game and she said it again i wish i could see i said well stand <laughs> up then like come wow. on lady. like five yeah. over there's literally nobody in the yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, exactly actually i think that i think there was pro- i would say there was probably 13 or 14 thousand people there oh, that's pretty but big. probably 11 or 12 thousand were cardinals fans yeah I yeah oh yeah <laughs> every night that's how it is right every mm-hmm. oh it's a oh so what was i watching it was something like uh Oh, the Miami Marlins. They had their longest weekend or biggest weekend attendance for home games in the history of their new ballpark. And then the first tweet I see under the, the tweet that the Marlins put out is like, yeah, because the Yankees were in town. Yankees were Yeah, in- yeah. So it was, it was yeah, they had Yankees three fans. sellouts because the Yankees were yeah. in town. Yeah, yeah. All, you, all you New Yorkers who moved down are going <laughs> to the ballgame. Yeah, or they're using it as a vacation to go to Miami. <laughs> like, you know, don't, don't brag like it was all Marlins. <laughs> yeah you know we should do this as an episode uh like your five favorite whether you break it down by sports uh or or just overall five you know favorite uh places to watch a game five terrible places yeah. to watch a game the mount rushmore of worst places to watch watch a sporting event yeah 
Yeah, I watched a, a YouTube video of a guy who went to the Oakland Stadium, and it, oh. it, it's all uh, like he's like, well, the only thing I can get is a really shitty cheeseburger, and there's nothing, no other food, and everything you were in, it looked like it was just you're walking through a garage. Everything yeah. garage and hey, the stadium is terrible. But don't forget, they did Moneyball. They they won by not having any good players, aka three Cy Young winners in their rotation that they didn't talk about. Eddie or uh, Miguel Tejada was an MVP that year. Didn't talk about him either. Or Eric Chavez playing third base, who ran was a runner up in the MVP to Tejada. But hey, it was all about that Moneyball. That's all yeah. they did. They didn't have the, they didn't have those good guys on their team that were all stars and no. you know. <laughs> But Oakland, oh my God, masterpiece! Yeah, that. But I, I went to a game there a long time ago, and um, oh my God, yeah, it was like it was like uh, I, I think minor league parks are better. Yeah, that's what I gathered from the video I watched. It was, and then they had more. They had like food trucks or something outside the stadium. Like if when you leave, <laughs> there's like food to eat out there that was better than anything in the stadium. It was sad. Well, there's one other place that does that. Boston does that. They have a bunch of food trucks that line up outside Fenway, but that's because they have like seven concession stands because the thing's so old. Yeah. So you can go outside and get a food something at a food. They block up the street, but they technically take your ticket at the front of the street. So once you're in there, you're in the ballpark, even though it's you're out on the street with a bunch of food yeah, trucks. Yeah, there's actually a good video that's that's out. I think it's on YouTube also, and then. And it, it will be about Wrigley, but it it, it holds for Fenway the, the same construction. Uh, when they you know put this half a billion into Wrigley, the concessions were the problem. They almost were going to disabandon it because the way they built the walls and stuff. They were you know when they took us on a tour through it. When I was that time, I went to meet with I had that dinner with the luncheon thing with Ricketts. They took us through and they explained it all. And the way the walls are set and the water and stuff, you couldn't. You couldn't get hot water in like three quarters of the building because you'd have to drill through four feet of cement, you know, to get there. And you know, the only thing worked, the only reason it worked for the Cubs now is they built that tunnel underneath the underneath uh, the street. It's all all that food, a lot of that stuff is done across the street and then walked underneath the tunnels because they couldn't do it with the building at any cost. Didn't matter how much money it was. You, you well, know. not only that, you had guys washing their hands in the troughs on accident, thinking they were sinks. Oh God! Oh, <laughs> <laughs> there too. It's like, <laughs> yeah, we're drinking out of them. I mean, you know, it was just. I didn't hear that, but I did hear there was somebody that yeah, there was a video that the guy didn't know, and he was washing his like. I'm like, oh, no. <laughs> you don't see anybody standing there like. <laughs> they're wearing a Cubs jersey. They they help them if he's wearing a different jersey. They let him go. Yeah, yeah. They they, they, they help him along. Yeah. Right. You know, the guy's peeing in the sink and washing his hands in the trough. <laughs> hey fans, I know you like what you hear, so do us a favor: hit that plus button and subscribe to our podcast. We're available anywhere podcasts are found. You can also support us by following us on Twitter and Instagram with the handles Sports Divided. But all right, let's move on. Matt, you brought up uh, Shohei and uh, his dominant pitching. That is no longer this year. It came out yesterday that he tore his UCL. Um, so he's done pitching for the year, but he's still going to hit for the rest of yeah. the year as a DH. Um, that is really so, too bad. You know, it just really is for just – 
baseball in general. Yeah. yeah. That's horrible. It was, it was really exciting just to, you know, watch him and see where his offseason was going to go and how it was going to play out. And now – you think it really changes it too much? I think it changes it enough. I don't I think it's going to get a massive, I don't. massive deal. I don't. Yeah. Well, we'll see. I mean, it's possible. One thing they were floating around was like, hey, you know, if you want to, if you want to limit his pitching and still keep his bat, what if he came back as a closer instead of a starter, and then he also bat as well? You know, like he would, he would bat throughout the whole game, maybe play right field or something, and then he'd come in and close the end. Well, that was kind of an interesting, you know, take. How many how many guys get paid for having Tommy John in the middle of a contract, anyways? Well, this will be like. This- Third time though. Second. Are you sure? Yeah. Okay. I thought it was his third. He's had Tommy John two times? This no, one time. This will be his second. This will yeah, be his second. Yeah. He had it one time in Japan. Yeah. yeah. But doesn't this just fit perfect with somebody who said, um, we traded two pitchers because we're not going to be competitive until 2025, 2026? Steve Cohen and the Mets. Oh, does it not work out perfect? Hey, you have your surgery. We'll sign you. You have your surgery. This will be your whole contract of $600 million, but the first year we're only going to pay you 13 because you're only going to be a DH. And then you come back and pitch and we kick in the rest of it. I mean, if he has, if he has to have Tommy John surgery, which I'm assuming he will, then he can't, he won't play. He won't bat probably. Yeah, he will. Majority. He can bat after having Tommy Brennan Donovan. Brennan Donovan had it. He played. Brennan Donovan just had Tommy John on his left elbow, not his throwing elbow, which I don't know how that happened. Yeah, but it wasn't bothering his swing, and he'll be ready for spring training. And he had it mid-August. Really? So you can after because having... it doesn't. It, it doesn't. It, it really like Lance Lynn had Tommy John and well, needed guess... Tommy John. But he was just – as long as you don't snap off a breaking ball, it doesn't yeah. really do anything. I guess if it's torn and he's batting. Yeah. If they fix it, he can still bat. Yeah, as long yeah. as yeah, – whatever. I mean, he's got the offseason to rehab it too. So, like – Yeah, and, and the rehab, if, if you're just coming back to bat, yeah, it's not uh, – I mean, it's probably the same rehab, but uh, but the limitations uh, – I mean, you're able to come back. Yeah, you don't have swing. limitations just of different. throwing yeah. 40 pitches this time, 50 pitches this time, 60 pitches – you know, like – yeah. But, I mean, so I think there's two ways he approaches this. He still holds out because he's like, look, just give me hitter money year one then and backload this thing and I'll prove that I'm okay. Or he takes a one-year deal, hits, and then says, okay, watch. I'll show you at the end of the year that I'm okay to to throw. Now give me my big contract. Mm-hmm. I, yeah, I don't see him taking the risk because I don't think he has to. Taking what risk? A one-year deal? Yeah, I think somebody well, will a, still. You know, I think somebody will still give it to it really yeah. screws up somehow. Yeah, I mean it's. Well, that's it, what I'm saying. Happens. I don't think I don't think it like this might cost him six hundred million dollars to five twenty, like because maybe somebody shortens a year on it, or says, "Hey, we're only going to pay you as a hitter of ten million dollars or twenty million dollars year one, and we're not going to give you." Fifty-five million dollars total. You know what I mean? Like, well, like you said, this is probably if if it isn't a, well, if it isn't the Mar- uh, the Mariners right now because they're playing so well, it's Cashman's move. You know, money wise, I mean, he can throw whatever he wants at it, and 
you know, it, it basically saves him for another year or two because, you know, he, he, he inks him to a deal to go play for the Yankees. This, in my mind, this uh, this sets up good for two teams. This sets up good for the Angels to bring him back, or this sets up great for the Mariners because the Mariners have all this young pitching anyways and just say, sorry, Choi, just come here and hit. We'll give you a little extra to come here and hit. And then we'll figure out the two, pitching thing later. In two or three years, we'll revisit this pitching thing. Yeah. When we can't afford to have all these young guys because they all become – too big, you know, money-wise, and we got you locked up, so then maybe we'll throw you on the mound again, or maybe we'll go to a six-man rotation in two years and you can pitch and we can save some of these guys, and yeah. I think it sets up nice for both those two teams. The Angels to bring them back and the Mariners to say, hey, come be Ichiro 2.0 with us. Does it allow for teams that maybe were originally semi-priced out to now some maybe be in play? Like, like the Cubs, per chance? You know, I don't no, know. No, because I think there's still going to be some guy that, like, again, I don't, like, realistically, if you sign him, who cares if he's not pitching year one if he's still hitting? It's a long-term investment mm-hmm. on the guy. Yeah. Right. See, I, I I absolutely agree. If he's, if he's not staying on the West Coast, I think the only guy that could throw the kind of money at him that he's going to want is, well, it, it is Cohen also. If Cohen's not, he's not doing it right now because the team's in the sort but you, it'd be, it'd be Cashman. But it works out. It works out perfect on the Cohen line. Hey, you start pitching again in twenty twenty five for us. You hit, you hit, and you're our draw for this year, where we make a bunch of money. And then the next year, when you're able to pitch, we'll go out and get whoever. You know, like I just don't know. I honestly don't know if he goes to New York. I think New York. I thought I was thinking about this. I think New York just isn't his. It's not him. Like, if you watch show, he seems so much more like that laid back, like, don't really love the spotlight type of guy. Like, he's happy playing on the West Coast, closer to Japan, closer to Asia. Isn't this giant? Like, yes, he goes to the ballpark and he's this giant sensation. But, like, realistically, the guy could probably walk down Rodeo Drive in Los Angeles and not a whole lot of people notice who he is. Yeah, he's more of a West Coast guy. Yeah, but if yeah, he walks down him. Times Square, everybody's gonna know who the the hell is Shohei at Times. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, he'll he'll he won't have any privacy or yeah, yeah. Well, and the media is just not as difficult on him either. Like, yeah, yeah. New York will be all over. Like they were all over. They're all over anybody and everybody. Like, yeah, like hidden Colorado, so. so. Yeah, if you're, if you're if you're sensitive, you don't go to New York or Philadelphia. Oh. <laughs> you have, right. You well, speaking of, of Philly, town. Philly just did something that was unreal, and they turned a guy's season around. Trey Turner, they gave him a standing ovation, and since then he's been hitting like four sixty. Instead of booing him, they decided to give him a standing O. They did one year, one night. He then hit a triple to tie the game. Then the next day, hit a walk off homer. And he's hitting like 460 since that day, where they gave him a standing ovation to show that they had his back and support. Well, see how long that lasts. <laughs> yeah. 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 Still the, the next roll for 20. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but I don't know. It's, I just don't think it, we see it all the time that people overpay for stuff or they give 
outrageous money. I don't think Shohei is really going to be affected too much here because there'll be somebody that still says, like, and and who says that Shohei isn't a guy that says, you know what? I'm okay getting three fifty. It's fine. Possible, yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I don't need five hundred. Yeah, I'm happy. You know, whatever. I'm playing. I take. I'll take. Now the PA might call him and say, "What the f are you doing?" <laughs> we want you to break the mm. bank, so then all contracts go up. But I mean, what if Shohei's just like, "Look, just give me the biggest deal ever. Give me three seventy-five, so it's more than Trout. Like, give me the biggest lump sum. Like, what did Judge get? What was the biggest contract in the MLB? Judge was like two seventy-six. So the biggest contract the MLB. So Trout four twenty-six. Mookie Betts got three sixty-five. Judge got three sixty. Three six. So yeah, if he's just like, hey, give me, I'll take four fifty. So that way you can say, I still raised the, I raised the limit for the PA. I don't need five hundred. Give me four fifty. Like I'm not saying four fifty is something to sneeze at, but you know what I mean, like. Yeah, I'd like, I'd like to have that problem. <laughs> well, yeah, but like, but real, but realistically, yeah. What if he is like, I'll just take this. It's fine. Nobody really knows his personality too too much, right? Like, he seems like the type of guy who's pretty laid back and yeah. Who's his agent? Ooh. Don't say Boris. No, I don't. I don't think it's. Uh, that, I'm guessing. Yeah, uh, Nez, Nez Bellello, Bellolo. <clears throat> uh, he is going to be a wealthy guy, wealthier. <laughs> <laughs> so his clients, uh, his client list is Shohei Otani, Sandy Alcantara, um, Andre Ethier, Adam Jones, and Ryan Braun, and then he's got uh. Oh. A UFC fighter, he had uh, George St. Pierre. Those were his. That's all it says on his client. So I'm guessing that's all he's got. That's all he needs. Travels from South Carolina or South <laughs> California. Yeah. I mean, unless there's other people that he's got that are a lot more quiet of stuff. But yeah, that's elevated diversity agency is the uh, the agency that he works with. Do you think if Shohei gets 600, he probably walks away with 60, right? Uh, Give or take. So the average, maybe more. Um, <laughs> That's why he says all it needs. Uh, most, most are between. 10 to 20 percent of MOB contracts go to agents. So let's say let's say it's 50, give 15, it's 90 million. There's only one player in major league history that did not give his agent more than 10 percent or 10 percent or more. Alex Rodriguez, five percent. Wasn't he a Scott Boris guy though? I think so. Yeah. I'm guaranteeing that's just on one contract that he yeah, that he only gave him five percent. He was Scott Boris, yeah. Oh, it was 5% on his first deal he signed in Texas. I was going to say, I bet you it's the Texas deal. That was pre-Boris. Pre 
Wasn't that at the time the $250 million deal? Yeah, the biggest. Yeah, now we sneeze at it like yeah. two, $250. Must be a utility player. <laughs> yeah, Ty Wigington 2.0. Yeah. <laughs> but, all right, let's move on to a topic uh, near and dear to Matt's heart. We already talked a little Bulls, but this one uh, uh, definitely – Definitely talks talks bulls. Uh, there was a uh, some words exchanged between Stephen A. Smith. Not well, not exchange. Stephen A. Smith came out and said that Lonzo Ball is so hurt, guy can't even stand up out of a chair. So then Lonzo Ball goes to Twitter and TikTok and Instagram and uh, starts sitting in a lawn chair by a pool in L.A. I'm guessing, uh, and starts just getting out of the chair up and down several times on his left leg to show that Stephen A. Smith is an idiot and doesn't know what he's talking about, according to Lonzo Ball. So if the guy can do can do a one-legged squat getting out of the chair, Matt, why couldn't he play for the Bulls this year? Because there's no chairs on the uh, on the UC court? I don't know. Like, <laughs> I if, if he's yeah, I don't know. That, that's what Stephen A. Smith. I, a, I don't like Stephen A. Smith because I think he just talks out of yeah. his butt. Um, oh, he does. Yes, teams. he does. And then when anybody pushes back, he just gets louder and louder and louder and louder. So everyone says, "Okay, you're right. We're right. We're done." Um, well, yeah, it's him and Skip Bayless. That's their method. Yeah, I think he's. Yeah, I don't. I don't think. I think he should be quiet more often. But that's why he gets paid a lot of money because he's controversial. So we can talk about him. Now, I think with Lonzo Ball, he's not game healthy. I, I don't know. I, I don't know what's all there. I don't know. Everybody's saying that maybe it was the shoes, the big baller brand shoes that caused the issue. Uh, don't got, let his dad hear that one. He's already come out and said he's not. He will for sure not play at all this next year. Um, but if you see him doing one-legged squats, I feel like, hey, you should be fairly close to coming back at least putting in 10 20 minutes a game. Something. Well, what that says to me is the Bulls should be able to take that to the ML, to the NBA and say, look, if he can do this and he won't play for us, we should be able no penalty out of this contract. Yeah. Well, they I think they did get uh, his contract, or at least a portion of it. Yeah, they, they need the whole thing relieved, though. I can't remember how much they got. But I'm saying they should be able to get all of it relieved if, if he's able yeah. to do that. Sure. Well, you know, but, uh, you know, it's one thing to do one-legged squats. Uh you know, at the side of a pool, but, you know, not telling you guys anything you don't know, obviously. I mean, now put him on a basketball court to do all the things you have to do on a basketball court, uh, completely different uh, situation. So, yeah. um, I mean, it's great that he can do that, but I, I don't think that uh, other than rebutting um, uh, what's-his-face, um, it, it doesn't prove anything that he's ready to good because Matt, what you said, he said, he's for sure not going to play this year. Yeah. He already came mm -hmm. on, a, on a, somebody else's podcast. I don't know if anyone was and said he will for sure not play at all this year, which is like, to me, I don't know why you, if, if you're rehabbing and you're able to do certain, you know, this isn't a full gamut. This isn't, you know, you're not doing shuffle. You're not jumping. You're not shooting. You're not doing anything like that. So I, I don't, you know, I don't doubt that he won't be able to play, but it's one of those, why, why call it all out at this point? You know, why why go to the length of saying 100% I will not play? When, I mean, you can, 
some squats. You could probably run. You could probably jump. Maybe the second half of the season, you could come back and play limited minutes. I don't know why you would just totally sell yourself well, out. The, 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 the one point that Stephen A was trying to drive home, and it was probably the biggest point of the whole thing, um, when he came back with his rebuttal was, look at this. The numbers don't lie, right? You, in your, I don't know how many years it is. He has played for four years or something like that, five years. He's like 48% of your games, you haven't been available. You haven't played. You've been hurt. You've been out. 48%. And that doesn't even include this next year where he's going to sit the entire year. It's pretty, pretty bad. Well, so what I don't get, right? So what he'd had was he had cartilage transplant in his left knee. But he got hurt, what, like, was it two years ago, right? He didn't play at all last year, He didn't right? play at all last year, and it was halfway through the year before So that. why did he not – why did he wait until March of this past spring – to get this transplant because he had he had a he had a different surgery that was supposed to correct it and then he started to rehab it was still having pain they shut him down trying to start him up again and he was still having pain and mm -hmm. i think maybe something went wrong with this okay he just he didn't want to play his second and earn all 80 million dollars of this guaranteed contract and not be able to be cut i, I don't know I mean, that's the way you look. Like, it's the only way you can really look at this. Like, you think he didn't just didn't want to play? Like, do you think that's it? I mean, I don't, yeah. I don't know that any player that has a career, you only got so many years, especially like at this age, to, to play and prove yourself. I don't think he really cares about playing. Well, possible too. I yeah. think he cares more about his his brand off the court. I think, think about it. He's, he's the, by your play on the court, though. Really, I mean the big baller brand. No, the big baller brand. Like all that stuff, the ball name and all that stuff got big because his dad was such a loudmouth about anything and everything. And think about it, he's the one that like models himself the most after his dad, the way he acts. Sure. Yeah, I mean he's got a, every one of those kids has a piece of their dad in them, so. It's there. It's quite possible. I just don't. I, if you've got the opportunity to play in the NBA and you truly aren't hurt, I, I don't think yeah. you fake being hurt and not play. Yeah. No, but maybe he's trying to force himself really out of Chicago too. James Harden esque. Well, then you just like, request a trade. You just you, you don't play. You know that. But he doesn't want. He doesn't want to look like the guy that requested a trade. He doesn't want to look like the bad guy. He wants to look like. Yeah. They gave up on me. Feels they like did this. Guy. They did. Possible. Just. I just don't see like it's just the way it all lines up. Like he's played thirty five games total in his Bulls career, or something like that, right? And they were good. He was good in them, and the Bulls were good. And then he got hurt, and then they stumbled because um, you know they they really needed that point guard that can distribute the ball and actually shoot the three and, and play defense, and that's what he did very well. So I don't, yeah. So he played, yeah, he's played 30. So in 2021 22, he's played, he's only played 35 games total for the Bulls. He played, he played uh, 99 for the Lakers and a 108 for the Pelicans. 35 for the Bulls. Wow. It just he's played for what five years, four years, five years, five seasons, yeah, five seasons, two two in LA, two in New Orleans, 
And then the one, but that's my point is like, like he signed this contract. When did he sign this? He signed this when he came to the Bulls, right? Or no, he signed it technically before he left the Pelicans. Well, I mean, yeah, I think there was two <laughs> days, uh, he signed a contract, but he agreed to sign a contract. Yeah. So he signed this says, yeah. So he signed it. Uh, signed four years, $80 million with the Pelicans, 80 guaranteed, blah, blah, blah. In 2021-22, so that was the first year of the deal. AK signed it right before he got – it was, yeah, sign and trade is what happened. So since this contract of $80 million, he's played 35 games. And how much is that a game? $80 million? Yeah. <laughs> Over how many – About uh, 2.29 million dollars a game? Yeah. <laughs> Oh God! <clears throat> Disgusting. And here's the thing: is he, he like, he's got a player option for twenty four, twenty five. So I don't know how that is going to work now that the Bulls applied to get reimbursement or ability to to waive part of his contract. I don't know if they have to pay. They might have to pay him out. But it doesn't hit the books, and it allows them to use some of that money for a contract and a trade. Yeah, it was a percentage, and I can't remember. Yeah, there were like two things. It allowed them to use like ten million. I think it was like ten million to sign a contract for somebody else, and another ten million, kind of as a trade exception, (laughs) match in NBA trade. So they could use that ten million towards a trade to claim a player, something, something like that. So I think they can. I don't know if it was like somewhere around the $20 million range in a year, but you have to use it two different ways. Kind of with it. So I don't know what that means for his contract or him as a bull moving forward. I don't know if that means it's waived and somebody else could pick him up. I mean, it's still pay out the contract. Or does it go to dead cap and you have $20 million on dead cap? That's possible too. Yeah, I don't know. So does do you want to take a guess what he's made? Um, so how many games? Well, so he's played. 252 games in the in in uh, the NBA. Anybody want to guess what he's made to date right now? Um, like one one twenty five, something like that. I don't know. No, not quite that much. Seventy seventy one million dollars. Okay, today. Oh, that doesn't include his full payout of this contract. No, at, when this is all done, he'll make one hundred twelve point nine. Okay. So, meaning, well, I guess that he's gonna he's gonna do that and not play another (laughs) game. Mm -hmm. Realistically, right? Realistic. I guess he could technically come back in twenty four, twenty five, right? He could. But so say he he probably won't because of the path (laughs) he's been on. uh, Means he's he makes about four hundred forty eight thousand dollars a game played. Right now he's made about two hundred twenty-eight off of of his already earned money, divided by his games played of two fifty-two. Yeah. And this is why Reinsdorf is better off only owning the Bulls. Why yeah, paying this contract? Paying person eighty million dollars to play thirty games. <laughs> yeah, that's but but th- the fact that you can pay a guy eighty million dollars and no team bats an eye anymore, yeah, because your revenue generated as a league is. You know, through the roof, like 
And these guys also get shoe deals, and they do it like <clears throat> this is just career earnings off from teams too. This isn't any any other deals he's got. By the way, I mean, even if the Bulls are an average team, it's it's not cheap to get three hundred level tickets. Like it's you can't like the, like the White Sox, they can't you know even sell them. Like yeah, twenty bucks for. A ticket, two beers, and a hot dog, and a chip. Yeah, <laughs> like, the ballpark. Yeah, we'll drive you home. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, tickets are still like you know fifty to hundred bucks for okay seats. Yeah, there's no cheap. There's no cheap going to a Bulls game. Yeah, and it's full. It's always full. So according to Forbes, after the 2022 season, uh, the Bulls made 352 million dollars. After everything was paid out, that's what they million, yeah, and and that was up sixty five percent from twenty twenty one. But twenty twenty one was due to COVID restrictions of yeah, just you know, butts and seats and everything. Yeah, so that you know, that having that listed as that doesn't make as much growth percentage look great, but uh, yeah. Well, we'll see what the Bulls end up doing. I mean, it's not fun. I, I hate actually talking about this, and I don't like Stephen A. Smith. It's it's painful, you know. It's it's one of those where I kind of want to just have it in the rear view and move forward, but fortunately, you're still going through it. So it's. Uh... I I also wonder though, is would it be the same if. It wasn't a family in the NF and of the ML or la of the NBA that loves drama quite like the Ball family. Yeah, if it was just a regular player. Yeah, yeah, then you wouldn't expect as much. Yeah, you wouldn't you wouldn't speculate as much. Well, not even just that. Like, I don't think it would be as big of an issue because, like, I don't think Stephen A. Smith calls out Demar Derozan if he's this guy. I think what it is is it's the Ball family. Wouldn't be surprised if the Ball family gave a little money on, you know, the ability to have Stephen A. Smith call them out to talk a little bit more about the Ball family. Yeah. Well, yeah. Any publicity is good publicity, right? Yeah, right. Yeah. Like, is that mm-hmm. back in the forefront? I mean, how people have watched that video on Instagram or mm-hmm. Yeah, so agreed. Agreed. But all right, let's move on to uh, NFL. So our NFL this week, breaking down the uh, NFC and AFC West. Um, we'll start with the AFC West because I think, uh, I mean, I, I think this is probably the one that is the easiest to talk about. Um, like like we did last week or in the week four, best quarterbacks, best running backs, but wide receiver, tight end, offensive line, defense, uh, biggest surprise in the division, biggest disappointment in the division, <laughs> and the division winner. AFC West, um, I think I can ask this question fairly confident and make sure that we just are all in agreement. Best quarterback, best tight end, Kansas City. Russell Wilson, right? Oh, what? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Right. Okay, I, I have a question, though, similar to the question I asked last week. <clears throat> Who the hell is Chase Garbers? Uh, I don't know that one either. 
<laughs> I mean, I know now who Chase Garbers is. I don't. Having done my research, but um, actually, no, that's not true. I still don't know who Chase Garbers is, even though I've done my research. So I'm. <laughs> Where's Chase Garbers at? <laughs> who does he play for? Um, who does he play for? <laughs> oh, is it the Raiders? Is it the Raiders? Oh yeah, yeah, the Raiders. Yeah, the Raiders. The Raiders. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. Uh, you know what's funny is he's not listed on the depth chart. He's, he's, a, he's a fourth string quarterback behind Brian Hoyer, Aiden O'Connell, and then Chase Garbers. And then Jimmy. Okay. All right. Okay. But, uh, just wanted to bring that up. I, you know, I mean, it, it just, you know, just gave me pause for a moment, you know, just to, because I thought, yeah, maybe, you know, Patrick Mahomes, uh, Chase Garbers, you know, kind of. <laughs> Well, look what Brock Purdy did, right? You know, Mr. Irrelevant or whatever. That's right. You just never know. <clears throat> you truly don't. Well, yeah, Brock is playing next year because you know Garoppolo is not going to last the whole year. So, <clears throat> with Purdy, though, I mean, Shanahan's a wizard. So, so anyway, sorry to interrupt, but uh, yeah, <laughs> I, yeah, I would say, yeah, Casey on both counts. Yeah. Tight ends and quarterback yeah. Casey. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's why they're so. <clears throat> So uh, I think we'll we'll just start with running backs. Um, Matt, who do you think has the best running back room? I think I, I kind of know where this one might go to, but we'll see. Yeah, I, I like Austin Eckler a lot. Um, and Joshua Kelly's good as well. Yeah, yeah I love the Chargers, I would think. I mean, Austin Eckler is just like another wide receiver running back. He's He's pretty good. I would, I would choose LA. I mean, it, it, Josh Jacobs isn't bad either. Jacobs is actually rated higher in the top hundred players, believe it or not. <clears> yeah, um, that's because they just need they need to have the black and silver somewhere up top for them to keep Vegas. Well, they got him and Devontae Adams. Yeah. But he had a great year last year, so it wasn't just. He did. Uh, I also wonder if that had anything to do with like when the top one hundred came out. Uh, Austin Eckler was going through the I want out. Stage, um, but he's 21. I mean, he's not, he's not exactly way down the list, he, yeah, he's still real live, yeah. And I think Josh Kelly is his backup, is, is pretty good. So, I don't know, Zamir White, who is he's not a rookie or something? So, so, uh, I don't know who no, he played last year for them, uh, played one season. Yeah. Okay. Is this the conference that's got the closest competition at quarterback, though? Well, we go, we go look at that. You're talking about Herbert being number two. That's 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 what. Uh, I mean. No, I mean closest competition. No, because I think within a division. Well, then yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, Herbert and Herbert and Mahomes. You know, and if uh, Peyton can fix Russell Wilson, you know. But I, I uh, no, because I still think the group of four in the. NFC North is a lot more comparable to each other. I think that's probably the one where all those guys are the closest. I know Matt doesn't agree with that, but no, I I think I think Matt would say three of those guys are pretty close together, and then he's got the guy up in Lambo <laughs> as being prove it to me first. But I think I think that division all four are like 
all the reports I hear of right there. Jordan Love are, are making me kind of sick in my stomach. Three, three, <laughs> three point oh. <laughs> Not even two point oh anymore. It's we're talking about the South right now. Right? <laughs> <laughs> no, we're talking about the West. Yeah. <laughs> oh, the West. Sorry. <laughs> Uh, you get him so discombobulated. You know? <laughs> Keith, your uh, best running back. <clears throat> well, you know, I, I would like to go uh, with the Chargers, but, um, you know, I really like that uh, Pacheco for uh, the Chiefs. I mean, that guy runs like a maniac. Um, and maybe even not so much, you know, him and his talent, but the offense uh, that they're in just, you know, makes him – uh, in that group, uh, it, it, they're they're going to be formidable just because uh, you know the, the running lanes are going to be open. Uh, you're going to have more room to run. So I'm going to go with Kansas City. Yeah, Jarek McKinnon and Clyde Edwards Hilaire. <laughs> yeah, yeah. First, yeah. Quote on third string running back is a first round pick from a couple years ago. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Dave, who do you have as the best running back group? After and it's amazing, none of us have talked about Derrick Henry yet. That, that was there, but uh, for me, well, that's because he's in the south, Dave. Oh, uh, that's true. No, never mind. I got something, oh, yeah. I had a mixed up too. <laughs> you and Matt are directionally challenged tonight. <laughs> I don't know what the hell, yeah, but yeah, for me, it's Eckler no matter what. So, <laughs> uh, so I was actually between the Chiefs and the Chargers, I picked the Chargers, but to Keith's point, like. When was the last time Andy Reid had a group of running backs that didn't perform? Like yeah. they just they just don't run all the But I mean, even back to Philly days, Westbrook Sproles, like oh god, I love Westbrook. So I think it's more of a system with them, which is why I picked the Chargers. Because like the guys themselves, I think I like are better with the Chargers. I think the Chiefs, you can plug in anybody and still be just as successful. To Keith's point, you've got Mahomes and Kelsey and that offense. You're 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 just going to have lanes because you're not they're not going to be loading the box. They can't do it, right? Well, also to that point is it's just Andy Reid. Like I know I talked about this when we did our QB rankings. Like I think that gap that everybody perceives between Mahomes and the other quarterback. Half of that gap is because of Andy Reid. Yeah. I don't think mm -hmm. it's I don't think it's because Patrick Mahomes is like go, uh, other godly world worldly better than Joe Burrow or Josh Allen or Justin Herbert. I think he's better, but I think most of that gap that everybody sees <clears throat> is because of Andy Reid. And then, I mean, you can look at it like Andy Reid went to the AFC Championship game with Alex Smith. You know, like, yeah. think of Donovan McNabb, like. Yeah, it just makes you wonder. So, you know, had the Bears drafted Mahomes, yeah, what would they have done? I guess you could look at this a couple of different ways. What would they have done to him or with him? Yeah. <laughs> you know. Or what if. What, be the guy. what if Trubisky went to the Chiefs? Would Trubisky be Patrick Mahomes? Yeah. Or. You know, but like, closer in that direction. Yeah, Trubisky, no, he might have been better. Yeah, but he might. You never know. Like you don't like. I. My point is, is like, I think it, like Alex Smith was just a game manager and went to the AFC Championship game. 
and was, you know, like Trubisky is a little bit more than a game manager. Like how many, yeah. How many, that's, this would be a good, maybe a good topic. I don't know how Butterfly to validate anything, but yeah. Like how many careers were ruined because of just bad fits? Yeah. A player getting drafted into a team that just is, you know, that's why it's always like you look at the Jaguars and you kind of feel bad because you're like, the best quarterback is always going to the Jaguars, and it's just one of the <laughs> next. And finally, Trevor Lawrence is, looks like he might break that. Yeah. Ball. Well, like, same thing. It's like you feel so bad. You're on the top of the world playing on the biggest stage at NCAA, and then you come to the NFL and you're just getting pummeled weekend. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, to that point, we'll talk about him here in the next division that we talked about but like what if matthew stafford wasn't originally drafted by the lions mm-hmm. yeah how, how many super bowls could he have had if he was at a <laughs> coherent organization for mm-hmm. more than half of yes he had maybe <clears throat> but that's all they had they had nothing else no defense no run like they had nate burleson who is not that great yeah. and yeah. megatron and that was it with matthew stafford like yeah what if he would have went to what if he would have went to Philadelphia yeah, and replaced and replaced McNabb? Yeah, right. What if he was a year earlier? I mean, well, I think that. What if what if the Rams weren't the way the Rams were when they drafted Sam Bradford, trying to get out of St. Louis? Yeah. Yeah, there's a lot of names like that that would it would be funny to yeah. go out. Funny just to go through the list and see like wow. I also like to that point too, and Keith can buff. I wonder how much better. And how much more we look at him as being a no doubt Hall of Famer, if Stephen Jackson wasn't in St. Louis during that time either. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like Stephen Jackson was the only reason the Bear, the Rams went eight and eight a couple times. He was so good. Yeah, so good. They in his so this is what people like. They love to rip on St. Louis, but it's kind. Of, it makes me mad because Stephen Jackson was drafted in two thousand four. He never saw a winning season. He was the heir apparent to Marshall Falk in The Greatest Show on Turf and never saw a winning season. He saw two eight and eight seasons, and that was it. Those were back to back when we had Mike Martz. And then we got rid of Mike Martz because it was eight and eight and it wasn't good enough. Well, little did we really know they got rid of Mark Martz because he was eight and eight and it was too good and they weren't bad enough to lose quote unquote fan interest or revenue dollars to be able to move. Getting some traction. You know, like. Just like, yeah, I I don't know. But, okay, let's move on. Offensive line. Matt, who do you think has the best offensive line in this division? Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't consider myself an offensive line aficionado. Um, I don't think it's the Chiefs, though. I, I think it's more scheme with them. I don't. It might their numbers might look good because Patrick Mahomes isn't getting sacked and they're they're putting up a lot of points. Well, I can tell you the uh, Oakland Raiders had the thirty first uh, offensive line last year. Even with so, the run game they had last year, thirty first. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. I mean, I feel like it's probably not that big of a difference here. I, the Broncos couldn't have had a good offensive line because. Russell Wilson was on the house. They were actually middle of the pack last year, 15th. I guess I'll, I'll go with the Chiefs, I think, just because of the scheme. I don't know that it's necessarily on paper the best offensive line out there, but 
Dave? And it's one that out of all the stuff I have, there's no top 100 players. There's no, you know, predictions of a top 10 team. I mean, I'm trying to remember what Herbert, from a sack standpoint and stuff, wasn't there an issue there? Well, that's because he got his ribs broke by a kind of late hit on a Thursday night in Kansas City. So yeah, I was wondering. Yeah, I, I like man, I I, I don't have a, a view on this. Otherwise, that you know, scheme wise, I'll go with Kansas City and just you know they obviously incorporate you know their running backs and their tight ends and in, into the blocking scheme too. So, Keith. Uh, I got to go with Chiefs. Yeah, I, I agree with Matt. I you know, think a lot of it is scheme, but you still got to execute. And, uh, yeah, uh, they obviously uh, they are good. So I'll go with the Chiefs. All right. I'll be the lone guy and take the uh, the Chargers. I just think the Chiefs losing uh, Orlando Brown, I believe, right? Is that the guy they lost to uh, the yeah. Bengals? Yeah. I think that might hurt a little bit more than they, they want to admit. Last year, the Chiefs were fifth. The Chargers were ninth in offensive line play last year. So, yeah. I was with Orlando Brown, obviously losing him. So, uh, best defense. Matt, who has the best defense? I think that was, a, for me, at least a little bit. I, I think the, the Chargers do um, with Joey Bosa and Will Mack. So, I think you could probably. I don't know. I always feel like the the, the Broncos have a good defense, but I, I'm looking up and down the depth chart, and you know, Frank Clark. I, I don't know that there's really Patrick Sertain. Hey, I'll probably go with the Chargers on this one. I think they probably have the best defense. Dave, definitely the Chargers. Four guys in the top hundred. Uh, on the team, and you know, anybody's got Joey Bosa out there, that, you know, and they got him ranked 70th, by the way. That's because uh, he can't stuff, stay on stuff. the field. Well, yeah, that doesn't help. Him yeah, and his brother, yeah, Kendricks and Matt and, and Mac and James. So yeah. that's Keith. pretty good. Uh, same deal. I'll go, I'll go with the Charger. I also got the Chargers, and I think some of that is. It made it a lot easier, the whole Chris Jones stuff that's going on right now where he's saying he'll sit out till week eight and wants a new contract and all that stuff. And, you know, I don't know. It's not like the the Chiefs have, like, two names right now that I would say are up there in the in defense, and it's Chris Jones and probably Nick Bolton, defensive rookie of the year. Yeah, I don't think the Chiefs really had, like, year after year, they haven't had great defense. It's always just kind of been like, yeah, just if you let them score 20 or 21 points, that's fine. We'll we'll score 25. Yeah. You know, just so. bend it, bend and don't break. Get them to kick a couple field goals and pop them in the end zone every time. Right. Yeah. They never really had, like, you know, the great defense that was stopping them. All right. This is the last one we're going to talk about before we get into surprises, disappointments. Wide receivers. Matt, who has the best wide receiver group in this division? So Devontae Adams is good. I don't I don't know. I mean, I don't think 
I don't think he makes that the top tier wide receiving crew. I do really like Keenan Allen and Mike Williams. Uh, don't sleep on Quentin Johnson. Or Quentin Johnson too. I, yeah, I don't. I yeah, really, they lost Allen and Williams both last year, didn't they? The yeah, and they're yeah. still still made the playoffs. Right. But and, they and, had guys. They had guys like. Uh, uh, DeAndre Carter, who's now with the Raiders. Um, but yeah. I don't know, Matt. But I again, I it's it's kind of a pain to watch Denver. You you know Jerry Judy and Corlin Sun are very good, very very good. It's just they have and Tim Patrick, and, and they haven't. I saw something on Judy today. He's going to be out beginning of the year. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So it's it's. You know, I, I feel like they're. I, I would almost put them neck and neck because I, I think Judy and and Sutton could go head to head with Keenan Allen. Like, when I really do. But, but I, if I have to give the edge, it's, it would be the Chargers, uh, wide receiving stripes. You know, they've they put up better numbers. They've been more consistent. Uh, but we'll see. I don't know. We'll see what happens with Denver this year. Yeah, Judy. Has a moderately to severe hamstring pull, so he'll miss a couple weeks because of that. Is what the, what the report was. Yeah, those are never good. You know, those no, are come back. That's all your deal. Yeah. Um, Dave, who do you who has the best wide receiver group? I got the Chargers, and for the reason that you and I just said, is that they made the playoffs on their own. And you're going to get Allen and Williams back. That's that's the pretty good depth there. Keith. Yeah, this is a tough one. Uh, there's some good uh, good receiving groups here. Uh, but uh, I'm going to go with the Chargers, too. I actually think this might be the best matchup of groups of wide receivers in, out of three teams. And I would say it's a distant fourth place for the Chiefs as far as wide receiving group. Um, but, like, I mean, like Matt said, Keenan Allen, Mike Williams. I love Quentin Johnson. They also have Joshua Palmer, who was the big target last year when both Allen and Williams went out. And then you have the Raiders with Devontae Adams. I like them adding Philip Dorsett. I like Jacoby Myers. I like Hunter Renfro. I like DeAndre Carter. And then, obviously, Jerry Judy, Cortland Sutton, and Tim Patrick. I think what it comes down to is who can get the – these guys the ball the best and that's Herbert so I also think Chargers I like the actual group itself more in Vegas I just don't trust Jimmy G or you know whoever you want to call as their starting quarterback uh, come week one because it could be what was that guy's name again (laughs) Chase Garbers yeah, could be Brian Hoyer, who has been in the league for I don't know how long. Could be Purdue man himself, Aiden O'Connell, who apparently is. I mean, he's taken preseason by storm. He's all over the place right now. He's been lighting it up, but I don't know. Jimmy Garoppolo with his weak arm and Devontae Adams with the I need it over the top kind of play. That doesn't. Oh, work. that's. I think the actual starter when it comes all said and done will end up being Aiden O'Connell. Yeah, they're gonna at some point they're just gonna have to change over the reins. Yeah, you know, and, and that's insane. Garoppolo is still healthy at that point too. So, well, he's he's hurt right now, right? He's not gonna. I, I don't think he's gonna be starting the season. 
Because <laughs> he had foot surgery, right? Did he? Huh? I, I, I thought he did. Yeah, Jimmy Jimmy Garoppolo, who's who's hurt his foot last year, did not practice on Wednesday. Uh, it's still being monitored with a workload. This was August of 2023. So this was, you know, I don't know. All right, Matt, your biggest disappointment in this division will be? Um, well, maybe we just talked about it to me, Garoppolo. I don't know. I, yeah, it's. I think the Raiders are just not going to be really much to talk about at all throughout the year. Um, you know, it's just one of these like kind of slow deaths too, where it's you have Derek Carr, and then you kind of fade off to Jimmy Garoppolo. You trade for Devontae Adams, and you think that matchup was going to be good. It lasts for a year, wasn't that great, and so now you, you trade it away, or um, yeah, they trade away Derek Carr. Or Derek Carr signed. I don't remember, but they cut him. Yeah, they cut him. They cut him. I, you know, it's just it's just kind of sad. They they get they move to Vegas. They kind of go semi all in, and then they kind of pull back. So it's just yeah, it's just going to be another kind of fade into oblivion. And then who Josh knows? McDaniels is just too smart for everybody's good. Yeah, right. Yeah, he just hasn't had luck anywhere. He's everywhere he's been. Don't think he's the coach, right? I just don't think he's a head coach. Not that he's not a smart guy. There are some guys that are just better off as coordinators. Steve Spagnolo is one of them. Josh McDaniels is one of them. Brian Staley or Brandon Staley might be one of them. Yeah, true. That's my disappointment. I, you know, not that I was really excited about the Raiders anyways, even last year. At least it would have been kind of fun to see the connection of Carr and Devontae Adams, but yeah, that's just kind of sad said to watch. Dave, biggest disappointment. Yeah, I've got the same thing. I've got the Raiders because the the re- other reason being, you know, the NFL's got KC at 11 and a half wins and the Chargers at nine and a half. And I think the Chargers are going to be better at nine and a half. And if Sean Payton gets anything out of, out of uh, Russell Wilson, because they're picked for eight and a half, they use this pick for last as it is, they could have a real bad year this year. How many wins are they given Vegas? Six seven and a half. Yeah. Oh, no, seven and a half. Seven and a half. Which I don't. I've seen. I've seen six and a half. Everywhere. You got the bears but... seven and a half too. Which is like... Yeah, I saw that too. The way our offense was. <laughs> well, you got to look at the Bears' schedule. We'll talk I, about the Bears no, next no. week. Yeah, it's. I was looking at it too, and I, I can, I can make a case for a lot more wins, and I can make a case for a lot less. So it's hard to. Well, that's the same thing with I like I. I truly think they end up like six and eleven, seven and ten. Plus of their schedule. Got a lot of winnable games, at least on paper. Heath, your biggest disappointment. You know, I'm just gonna go out on a limb here. I'm gonna say the Chargers. Uh, and I don't remember who were we talking about uh in a in a previous uh division, but uh same kind of thing. Um they're, um, you know, supposed to be good, and and they've been supposed to be good the last several years, and it just seems like there's something not there. I mean, with the talent they have, and um, with uh, a bear being as as good as he should be, uh, I don't know. Just like something just doesn't seem to click with them, and 
you know, I, I, they may not be uh, terrible. I'm not saying they're going to be terrible, but um, I don't think they're going to be as successful and go as far in the playoffs as, as they should. I think you're probably thinking of Tennessee. Is it Tennessee? Because yeah, Tennessee maybe. Tennessee's that team. We kind of all said the same thing where they're like, it's always like they they seem like they should be better than they you're, are. But you're the, good enough to win yeah. teams, but you're not good enough to take it over the top. Or yeah. Miami, too. Miami, too, is another team that we were all <clears throat> semi. Uh, Matt had it as Tua. I had it as just their offensive general and being a uh, disappointment. Um, I think yeah, we'll see if they pick up Jonathan Taylor. <laughs> yeah, we'll. Uh, there's a sneaky team that we can talk about him before we do Mount Rushmore. There's a sneaky team that I think should make that phone call. Um, and no, it's and it's not the team that is. Uh, Moving to Arlington Heights, baby. It's not that team. Just so I talked about that. I'm sure that team exists. For a first round pick is just is wild. The guy's been hurt. He yeah. If, even if he was in the draft this year, he probably wouldn't even go on the first round. So I just, I'm just sorry. Well, that's because running backs are just devalued in general. Exactly. Yeah, um, for a first round pick for a guy that's been hurt and asking for it's my biggest disappointment. I say this because I just think it'll be if this happens, and I do think that this could happen, it would be a disappointment. Is the Kansas City Chiefs in the division win? I just don't I think they have played a lot of football and I don't think they win the division this year. Mm. I take here here first. No, I think it just okay. like like Kansas City Chiefs. <laughs> I think I think both like them and the Chargers both finished like twelve and five. Possible, yeah. And the Chargers win based off of you know winning two games, beating them twice, maybe. Like, I, yeah, I'm not I, saying like I'm not saying that they. It's like a giant disappointment. I just think their division hopes like, and I think it's purely based off of the fact that they've played what eight extra football games the past three seasons compared to a lot of teams. Yeah, no, I, I think you're uh, I think you're onto something there because uh, I mean, how many times can you go to the well? Uh, yeah. You know, I mean, the, the motivation uh, part of it uh, when you've been successful for so long and you real when you're that good, you're always kind of looking ahead to the playoffs, even though of well, course you're saying you're not, you know. And not and, only that is like, besides Kelsey and Mahomes, like I know I just preached that it's a lot of Andy Reid, but like. I feel like they're getting the St. Louis Cardinals mindset of like, yeah, we can just plug in anybody and we'll be okay. Mm-hmm. Like, what if Mahomes... last year they got rid of like the best wide receiver? And I understand, but then, gonna... but then they got rid of Juju Smith Schuster. Like, they at least had some veteran guys last year. Like, mm-hmm. Mahomes already dealt with a knee and an ankle sprain last year. What mm-hmm. if it gets like? What if he gets another one? You know, like, yeah. Blaine Gabbert's now their backup. Sorry, but I know I'm a big Mizzou fan, but. I don't see them winning the division if Blaine Gabbert's got to play. You know what I mean? Like, or like not have, like, maybe it's not even Mahomes. What if it's just, what if Kelsey gets a concussion or something? You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. misses a couple games. Or, then they call Brown. <laughs> or, or the Chris Jones thing. Chris Jones not being, not playing eight weeks. What if they lose two games because they can't stop anybody in the defense? They can't get any pressure on the defensive side of the ball. Like, I just, again, I don't. I don't think it's a like. I'm not saying they're not going to make the 
make the playoffs. They're going to not win 10 games. Like, I just think, you know, that could happen. It's a hot take. And it could happen. Um, so, Matt, your biggest surprise this week, or this, not this week, this division. Uh, oh, yeah. Um, well, yeah, I mean, I guess the obvious one, and there probably be a few other people's, is uh, with um, Sean Payton going to Denver and the abysmal year that Russell Wilson had last year. Uh, it, it just maybe uh, it'll, it'll turn it around. Something will click. They'll get things going. They've got uh, without Jerry Judy, but they've you know still got Cortland Sutton. Um, and it, it, I don't think they're a bad team. Uh, and I, you can't you can't count out Sean Payton. So I think maybe the the Broncos turn it around a little bit and actually make some noise. They're not not going to overtop Kansas City or the Chargers, but. Certainly, it just looked a lot better than last year. So, um, that's kind of my thought. Maybe that's not much of a surprise because I think they've, you know, obviously upgraded their coaching. But Russell Wilson was just, I mean, the stories of him working out in the aisle of the plane when everybody else is trying to sleep, and all, like just the wild, stupid stories that happened last year. He, everybody was kind of counting Russell Wilson out to say, hey, he's just a product of Seattle and the talent around him. But I still think he's a really good quarterback. So I, I think with him and Sean Payton, they'll they'll work something out and, and surprise people. Dave? My biggest surprise, you, uh, you basically it tags on the years. Uh, the biggest surprise is KC that does not win the division. The Chargers do. Uh, even though they're picked to win two less games. Uh, you know, Kansas City for a couple of years there. It was so deep and so strong, and they just kept adding, 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 even when they didn't need them at that point. And at this point, I just think that it's you know, they're a little more watered down than they used to be. They're still very good, no question. But uh, I think the Chargers happened this year. Keith? Uh, I'm going to follow up on what uh, Matt uh, said and uh, go with uh, maybe not so much uh, the – the entire team, but Russell Wilson, um, you know, and, and I think like kind of like Matt said, technically, I'm not sure it's a surprise because Rus Russell Wilson has played well before, obviously played very well. Uh, but coming off last year, um, I, I think he's going to have a uh, have a good season just because he, he's just too good of a player and because of the addition of uh, uh, Peyton. I got in this division, three teams over 500. And that being said, the reason I think that would be a surprise is because that means then the team that I have over 500, the Broncos, win four more games than they did last year. But not only do I think that, I also think that we might have three playoff teams out of this division. I think the Broncos could sneak in at 9-8 and eight or 10-7. and seven. So I guess to piggybacking off your thing, but I think a lot of people would look at this division and say, yeah, two teams only make the playoffs. But, so I think three. All right, division winners. I think uh, two of us have already let ours out of the bag. Yeah. Um, so I will put me and Dave down for the Chargers. Matt, 
KC wins or you got the Chargers? Yeah, I'll go with KC. Keith? Yep, KC. Okay. Hey, guys. Want to keep up to date on all your sporting news? Head on over to our new website, sportsdividedsn.com, and sign up for our emails. You'll get emails anytime there's new content created and posted on our website. We're looking to be your sports news provider. We promise to give you our best content about the teams you and we care about the most. Again, the website is sportsdividedsn.com. Go on over and check us out. All right, real quick, before we move on to the NFC West, Jonathan Taylor, I wanted to come back to him. If you're not, if you're Minnesota, do you not risk it all to go get Jonathan Taylor? Got to do something, right? I don't. Yeah, I don't know why you wouldn't. Yeah, you can't just let Dalvin Cook walk and then. I mean, but Alexander Madison was was really good. Matt, it's Alexander Madison. Right, but I mean, he always stepped in and really didn't miss. Okay, they didn't. Well, you. But it's Jonathan Taylor. Right. Yeah, and 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 you're in win now mode. Yeah, and it's Kirk Cousins. You know who? (laughs) Not quite sure what you're going to get. Yeah, but you're going to just think you really don't want to force him to win the game for you. Right. Are you trying to trade away a future first round pick for Jonathan Taylor? That's what the Colts require. I, I think, think I think you no. I think I think if you're the Vikings, you make this trade in season. You don't do it now. You make it in season, and you hope that they take a second round pick around the deadline. But you can't. I don't. Yeah. Yeah. It's true. Yeah. Because then you technically give Madison a chance to see what he's got. It depends on where you're at too. At that point, you know, I like. Can the, well, let's be real. Nobody's running away with this division. Well, I you don't know what Detroit does or how good Jordan Love looks or Justin Fields. Yeah, you know? but I think Minnesota with Addison and Justin Jefferson will be they'll be in contention well enough to not have to worry about being like, oh, we're out of it now. Let's not trade for it. They better be, but their defense wasn't too great the last couple of years. So, but yeah, so that was my take. The other thing I had wanted to bring up, and I was going to bring it up between this, so we'll touch on this real quick. So there's a a, a guy Joe Joe uh, Ewing who does a lot of sports betting, and he, he's from Vegas, and he let out uh, from the casinos. Anybody want to take a guess on the top three teams that are have the most bets on them to make the playoffs? Most bets, most tickets, actually, not most dollars, but most most tickets put in on teams to make the playoffs. Yeah, based on based on their odds too. No, no, because the Jets' odds are not great. Like they're minus one thirty or something like that. Okay. Well, the Broncos so like are the, probably one. The Broncos are number one. At, they're plus two hundred. They're the number one t- team that's got the most tickets. Just to make the playoffs. Uh, the, the Bears, since we're no, talking the about Bears that. are not. I'm surprised. Big gamblers. There's there. one. There's one. Everybody's trying to. There's a lot of tickets out there trying to make a quick buck. It's the Cardinals plus a thousand. They're the number three team. Mainly yeah, just because I don't see it happening. But it's one. people. <laughs> it's people throwing. Hey, I'm in Vegas. I'm going to throw ten dollars to make a thousand. Make you know because it's a plus a thousand. What about so you're the making, Browns? No, it's in. It's in that division though. At plus one thirty-five, the Pittsburgh Steelers. Yeah. Now, who has the most money on them to make the division to win to make the playoffs is a different story to an extent. The Steelers are still there; they're number three at plus one thirty-five. The Jets. No, no, because they're to make the playoffs. They're still minus 
whatever. It's the Falcons at plus 110 at number two. Yeah. And the Commanders at plus 290. Oh, man. <laughs> Sam Howell. Apparently, a lot of people like him. Yeah. I think it's also the fact I think it's also the fact that it's plus 290 and I think it goes more to show that like maybe those teams maybe a lot of these sharps don't believe in Danny Dimes and the Giants or doubt Dak Prescott and the Cowboys as much. Like maybe they could sneak in as a wild card team, you know. All right, let's move on NFC West. Uh I think we can probably rip this one off a little quicker cuz I, I think I know who everybody's going to pick for the division win, but all right, best quarterback in this division, Matt. Um, yeah, this one's this one's a little tighter. I, I mean, I really, really like Geno Smith. I, I don't know why he was he was just excellent to watch last year. I don't I don't have tons of faith in Brock Purdy, Matthew Stafford too. I don't know injury history. That offensive line, he's probably the most gifted, right? The best. Well, Kyler. I I count him out because I I don't like Kyler at all. Yeah, what do you mean your your sport your team last year was? And I Kyler lost Ren. like way. I was the last place <laughs> in, right? So we're not even counting Kyler in there. I don't think. I think he was a flash in the pan. I don't. I don't trust Gowder, which is another reason why I don't really know about um, what's the guy out of uh, Alabama that just got drafted too. Um, I'm Bryce not young. Yeah, I'm not Bryce saying young. the same player, but same mold. Um, not as not as high on him. So I guess I just by body of work, I'd have to say Matthew Stafford. So the Rams will it translate. I don't know. I I don't think Geno Smith is anything. Amazing. I think he's more of a, you know, had a really good year. I think he's just a, you know, he's a bad player. I, you know, he's more of a journeyman. So I'll go with Matthew Stafford and the Los Angeles. Dave? Well, Geno Smith's the only one in the top 100 at 77, but I'm with you. I'm still just not convinced completely with him, even though he's going to pick up, you know, a couple of weapons coming in as rookies. Um, I still like Matthew Stafford. He's still got Cooper Cup. You know, that's there. Uh, it, it, it's tight. But I'll take Stafford. Uh, other direction, Geno Smith. Uh, I like Seattle also. Um, because Geno Smith, but also Stafford has injury history. Uh, Brock Purdy has injury history. Uh, Kyler has injury history. And if you look at their backups, I don't trust any of their backups more than I trust Drew Locke. In case, and if, if I mean, all, all four teams in this division in their careers have quarterbacks that have injury history. Gino had it with the Jets. I don't trust Trey Lance. I don't trust Sam Darnold in San Francisco. And Trey Lance is maybe even on his way out. Lance is probably gone, I don't trust I don't trust Colt McCoy or Clayton Toon or Jeff Driscoll or David Blau in Atlanta or in Arizona. And I don't trust Stetson Bennett or Brett Ripple in LA. So by default, I know he's a Mizzou guy, but by default, Drew Locke's the only guy that can actually like physically play the game of football out of all these backups, really. 
And that's the only reason I'm picking San, or, uh, Seattle. It's because I don't really like any of the quarterbacks a whole, whole lot. I mean, I would probably, if Brock Purdy didn't have an arm injury, I'd probably say Brock Purdy right away because of Kyle Shanahan, but I'm just not a fan. Uh, I'm going to ask this in a way. Is it Christian McCaffrey? If you have Christian McCaffrey, you, you, I mean, can you pick another team? I mean, yeah. that's what I'm saying. Like, is, is everybody yeah. San Francisco here? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Matt? Yeah. Okay, just making sure. Yeah, Elijah Mitchell's good too. So, you know, yeah, they're they're. I just, just I just wanted to make sure. Um, and then is everybody George Kittle? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I was trying to knock out some things that we really don't have to talk about. Um, we'll come back to wide receivers because I think that'll probably. No, actually, is everybody Seattle on wide receivers? Yeah. I mean, that's hard yeah. to say no to that. I mean, he can make it. I I didn't even think like. Yeah. San Francisco's got two guys and that's it. But yeah, Debo, Debo and I are good. That's it. From Ohio State. Smith Najigba. Yeah. He's, He's a hurt, deal. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But so all right. So Keith, are you Seattle or are you changing? Yeah, no, I'm I'm good. Okay. Mm -hmm. right. I love so that. Mm -hmm. So then we'll get into stuff that we really I don't even know if offensive line, Matt. I I don't. Um <laughs> I'm just trying to remember back to last year. The Rams had the worst offensive line in the league. Yeah, that's not even a question. They're it's sad. And I don't think they did anything to fix that, which is um No, they didn't. Probably the probably the 49ers would be my guess. They had they had technically they had the best out of this division last year at 10. Yeah, it just felt like they were solid at the at you know solid line, solid defense. Okay. You know, made some Dave, San Francisco because they're a two dimensional offensive team. They can run the ball and throw the ball at you. That tells me the line is pretty good. Uh, yeah, the uh, 49ers, especially with Trent Williams at left tackle. Uh, that's what they have the best left tackle in the game. So. Yeah. 49ers. All right, Matt, defense. 49ers. Yeah. Dave? 49ers with Nick Bosa. Keith? Ditto. All right. I have the 49ers also. Ask me midseason, though. Seattle might pass them. I like them bringing back Bobby Wagner, and I like uh, their draft where they got uh, the, the corner out of Illinois. Um. Matt, biggest disappointment in this division? Uh, well, I, you've already kind of seen it with, I think the 49ers could be a big disappointment. I mean, I think they've got it on paper, but I think with Brock Purdy being a starting quarterback, he was great. Can he, can he continue to do it? He's hurt. He's this and that. Trey Lance already slipped from backup, should be a starting quarterback, to backup, and now he's third string. Yeah, and I just four. saw on ESPN uh, he's uh, dropped down to number three. Yeah, oh, now number four? No, I'm oh. going to say I guarantee he ends up in the, like. Yeah. They they it, like they brought in Brian Allen, a guy that is pretty close to Brock Purdy and Sam Darnold type of player. Yeah, they named Trey Darnold Lance, number two. Mm -hmm. yeah, Trey Lance is uh, well, a style that doesn't fit, which 
with Kyle Shanahan. All the rumors at draft time where the Bears were taking Lance, and then I kept thinking, oh, my God, no. Yeah, yeah. I mean, if he would have fallen to them at 20, I think it would have not been horrible. But, you know. Uh, Dave, biggest disappointment. Uh, biggest disappointment in here was uh, I'm calling it the Rams. They got up at seven and a half wins, but yeah, they're just roster top to bottom, just not that good anymore. And I'm not sure even Aaron Donald's that, that good anymore. So I'm gonna put the you know, that uh, the Rams, you know, they may they may be five a five or six win team. Surprise, so Sean McVay didn't he have five or six five or six wins might be pushing for them? I think. Well, it could be. <laughs> Didn't Sean I, McVay, I think there's a disappointment in the division without, without a doubt. What are you saying, Matt? Didn't, didn't Sean McVay have an out, too? Like, he was going to leave or could have left. And then... uh, he turned down, like, $200 million to be the analyst where Kirk Herbstreit is on Amazon right. TV. Yeah, and it, to stay with the Rams. Uh, yeah. Those. Yep. Keith, biggest disappointment? Uh, I got to go with the uh, 49ers uh, quarterback situation. That's exactly what I had too. Quarterback play of the 49ers. Not because I don't like I don't think Brock Purdy will be bad. I just he's already got an arm injury. And then like I said, you have why I picked the Seahawks quarterbacks in general. You have Sam Darnold and Brian Allen as like the next guys up. And I just I don't know. It could it could haunt the 49ers for, for this season. Yeah, they were lucky to have Brock Purdy come out of nowhere last year and keep him relevant. And then yes. down. And it's like, oh, then you have Christian McCaffrey. Did, did anybody hear uh, Kyle Shanahan came out and said what they would have done if they would have won against the Eagles and who they would have had as their quarterback? Yeah. Wasn't it the Depot Sam, Samuel? Was he there? Philip Rivers. Philip Rivers. Was they were going to sign Philip Rivers and have him play in two weeks. Yeah. <laughs> they, had already, they had already had the league say, yes, that's okay. You can do that because it's an mm-hmm. emergency case, blah, blah, blah. Like, that was their emergency plan was sign Philip Rivers. It might still be that. <laughs> Matt, your biggest surprise. Um oh yeah. Well, I um, maybe Seattle winning the division. Be the biggest surprise. Yeah, yeah. You kind of lean on the 49ers and the, the strength that they have on with their offense and defense, minus the quarterback, I think. Uh, yeah, I think Geno Smith, if he could continue to do what he did last year, they add a little bit more weapons at the wide receivers, and defense is, is, is in a good spot. Yeah, I think if they, they step up and win the division. Keith, biggest surprise. Oh, uh, you're looking at my notes. Uh, yeah, same, same deal. Maybe I'm just going first. Maybe let's be yeah. honest. <laughs> <laughs> biggest surprise. Uh, it's, it's Seattle, and yeah, the one guy has been mentioned coming in besides McGibbon uh, is uh, Charbonnet at running back, which is it really, he, guy's pretty good. Well, I like Kenneth Walker, too. Uh, yeah. Michigan State. Uh, my biggest surprise, I will take it one step further. I think Seattle is going to have a Pro Bowl caliber quarterback play this year. So I think the biggest surprise is going to be how good, and I'll leave it as Gino, but I don't know. There's a couple highlights of Drew Locke throwing some absolute dimes during the preseason too. Like I think he's figured it out a little bit too. Like 
You've always been high on Drew Lowry. He's got all the arm talent. If that's a guy that I swear to God, if he would have went to a coherent place instead of Denver when he went there with Vic Vangio. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. In his early years, if somebody, if he had somebody, he has all the arm talent. The guy has the most touchdowns ever thrown in the SEC in a single season. Think of that as a quarterback. Eli Manning played there. Peyton Manning played there. Yeah. We talk about systems. I mean, think if he was with Andy Reid, what what would, or Kyle Shanahan? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Like, yeah. All right. Uh, Matt, who wins this division? I, yeah, I just said it's Seahawks. We'll go, we'll go Seahawks. Yeah, I just well, especially too with San Francisco and Christian McCaffrey is great. I think he's he's like a you know just a Swiss Army knife. But you got Brock Purdy injury history. I don't think he's all that. Christian McCaffrey injury history. Debo Samuel injury history. Brandon Ayuk injury. <laughs> like that team could go down really fast. Where I think Seattle is just a little bit more of a solid all around team. So yeah, I think I think Seattle will win it. Dave? Same thing. Seattle team on the rise. Keith? Same thing. I still think somehow San Francisco wins it. They still squeak it out somehow this year. Ask me again next year. And it might be Seattle running away with it. I still just think there's too much talent as an overall roster. And Kyle Shanahan is too good of a coach for them not to win it. They might only win it by a game. I don't think they run away and hide like they did last year again. But I still I still have still have San Fran. Um all right, we're moving on to our last topic. Uh our Mount Rushmore of NFL team nicknames. Uh this week Dave went first last week, so he goes to the back of the line. So it goes Matt, me, Keith, and Dave snake draft format. Matt, who is your one-one pick? Oh, I mean, come on! I know who it's going to be, right? It's Monsters of the Midway. Monsters of the Midway. It's a, it's a great name. It's awesome. Yeah. I I mean, I I fully expected the Monsters of the Midway to be your pick. Yes. Yes. All right. Uh, at my number two, well, we might as well just keep it Homer Central. I'm going the greatest show on turf. <laughs> I wanted to take it just to see your face. <laughs> like what? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I just knew then I would take the Monsters of the Midway to see your face. <laughs> yeah. All right, Keith, who is your first pick? Uh, you know, I, I, I think I got to go with the Purple People Eaters. Yeah. Yep. All right, Dave, you got back-to-back. Who do you got? Back-to-back picks here. Uh, purple People Eaters is mine, so I'm going to go uh, I'm going to go Steel Curtain. Okay. In the seventies, and I'm going to go with the fearsome foursome, Rams in the sixties. All right. I I honestly didn't know if the fearsome foursome would. I thought they would go. Dave, you probably could have got them uh, later in the round, so. Well, I was one of my favorites. <laughs> I, was, I was going with them. You know, just uh, shows my age. <laughs> you know. Keith, who's your second round pick? Uh, you know, I'm probably going to steal this one from you, Rick. Uh, Air Coriel. Ooh, oh, okay. Uh, I, I really, I hate 
the fact that they're called this, but I think that it's it's too good of a nickname. Uh give me America's team. I had that on a bottom. <laughs> yep. Matt, who are you picking? You got back to backs here. Oh yeah. Okay. Um probably I don't know. I really I, I more in my because I could go back as I did the um the research for this, I, I didn't know the team. So I, I'll have to go with Legion of Boom just because I think it's so, so cool. And it really was why they won um, and why they were so unstoppable. Um, yeah, I know it's a little more new age and there's probably cooler names. Um, but then after that, I like, I like the Orange Crush. <clears throat> okay so legion of boom and orange crush yeah all right um i didn't i didn't think this team would this would get to me so uh and i i don't think it'll get back around to me because i think keith might take this with one of his next two give me uh the cardiac cardinals yeah. the 1970 st louis <laughs> cardinals they had a stretch where they won 14 games in a row, trailing in the fourth quarter. Mm. And they got the nickname with Jim Hart as a cardiac Cardinals. That's a good one. Keith, your your third round pick. Uh, you know, <laughs> I've always liked this one. Uh the Aints. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I honestly was thinking that Look might slide, yeah. might slide to me at the end, but they were they were definitely on the list. Um, Dave, your last, your second to last, and your last. Uh, my second to last. Uh, name I actually like the best out of all this, the Dirty Birds. All right, the Dirty Birds. I had to. I that was a, okay. Uh, what was that guy's name? Oh, Anderson was the running back. What was his first name on that team that went to the Super Bowl? Oh, I know which one. Oh, was it, was it William? No, no, it began with an M. I think was it Marvin Anderson? Yeah, was that? Jamal Anderson. That's it. Mm. Jamal Anderson. The Dirty Bird Dance and all. All right, Dave, who's your last pick for the Mount Rushmore? New York Sack Exchange. I've got uh, Charlie's brothers, really, really good friends at Marty Lyons. All right. Keith, your last pick. You know, uh, I don't think anybody picked this. Uh, the Steel Curtain? Uh, I did. Dave did. Dave yeah. did, oh. yeah. He picked oh, that yeah. in, in the first round. Uh, okay, the Iron Curtain. Uh, <laughs> no. <laughs> no, you know, uh, actually, I almost uh, picked this one earlier. Uh, uh, Orange Crush. Matt picked that one. Oh. <laughs> 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 I'm paying attention. I'm paying attention. <laughs> Uh, oh, 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 okay. Damn, I picked this one. Uh, the hogs. No, the hog. God, that's right. 
That was going to be my next one, the Hogs. Yeah, uh, because of that, too. because of that, uh, I'm going to go. It's got to be said in the certain voice, and Matt will know the voice when he hears it. The G-Man, Chris Berman, <laughs> the Giants. <laughs> Matt, who is the who is mystery relevant on this Mount Rushmore? <laughs> Well, you know, there's, there's, I, I think maybe the Big Blue Wrecking Crew. We'll go with the Big Blue Wrecking Crew. All right. Thank you. All right. The only thing I want to make sure is nobody picked the Bears. Oh, yeah. man. Oh. I, hate, I, I hated it then. I still hate it today. Yeah. Yeah. I'm surprised nobody picked that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So real quick, anybody got any uh, – I got five on the list, but anybody else got any uh, honorable mentions or, or guys on your list that are left out, Matt? You got anybody? Not really. No, I was, was pulling from together. But, yeah, I didn't know. All the ones that I had that I liked were picked. Yeah, you guys took all my uh, all okay. my extras. Dave? I've got two. Cowboys doomsday defense and Dolphins no-name defense. Mm-hmm. I got a, I got a couple more just generic ones. The Bolts for the Chargers. I don't mm-hmm. know. Kind of like the Bolts. The Pats. I think that's really stupid, but the Pack for the Packers. Uh, and then two that just kind of describe uniforms with the creamsicles back in the day, the 70s. The 70s oh, uh, was the Evans was the quarterback for Tampa Bay, right? And then that's the right. silver, the silver and black. Mm. Because when you hear those, you just kind of know who they're talking about. Yeah. But r- quick rundown, Matt's Mount Rushmore, uh, Monsters of the Midway, Legion of Boom, Orn Crush, and the Blue Wrecking Crew, Peace, the Purple People Eater, Air Coriel, the Aints and the Hogs, Dave's the Steel Curtain, Fearsome Foursome, Dirty Birds, and the New York Sack Exchange. And then I uh, have the greatest show on turf, America's Team, Cardiac Cards, and the G-Men. <laughs> I just I just think like when I hear the G Men, I think of early two thousands Chris Berman, where he goes from the the highlights with uh, with Tom Jackson talking about the G Men, and then the next highlight is usually Masha 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 when he's talking about Marshall <laughs> Falk. <laughs> just it was just the way Chris Berman yeah, was. Yeah, the fastest you know. three minutes in football. It was yeah uh, yeah, and it was always and then you'd always hear the Oakland Raiders, because he always <laughs> said it like uh, Howard Cosell. Yeah. But yeah, that'll wrap this one up. Uh, next week, you guys can start on it. Uh, greatest college football players in their careers doesn't have to. They didn't have to go on to have NFL success. Great college football players. We're just looking for again, right? Always for. Yep. Yep. So. All right, guys, that'll wrap this one up. We'll chat next week. Uh, next week, we got the Norths, and then we'll probably also do the rest of our playoff predictions and MVP, uh, Super Bowl champ, and uh, or Super Bowl matchup and Super Bowl champ. Because by then, this is week zero of college football, so week one of college football will start, and then we are uh, a week away from NFL and bringing back pick six. And oh, see that's how right. much money yeah. we can lose for everybody. <laughs> oh God! Yeah. <laughs> see if I can't be out of it by the end of the first. We'll year. have to do a recap of how much money we all lost last year. Yeah. 
I can look at it and I can we'll get we'll we'll do a better job of this year keeping up with the units and our overall records. Yeah, I gotta see if my off-season gamblers anonymous sessions help. One eight hundred gamblers. Yeah. <laughs> if you have a problem, call one eight hundred gambler. Well, I got I got a problem, all right. So <laughs> fade the sports divided podcast. That is our recommendation. Fade. <laughs> All right, guys. Talk well, next week. A little bird told us that tomorrow might be a certain somebody's birthday. Is that? Oh yeah. Oh, you know my battery's going dead here. Sorry. Nothing like a birthday on a Friday, huh? Yeah. Oh, it'd be it'd be a party. Oh my God, like you've never seen. So. Uh, have a great day tomorrow, kid. Well, thank. Yeah, hey, thanks, guys. One. Thanks very much. Have a good weekend. All right, right, guys. Have a good one. Talk next week. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to the Sports Divided Podcast. Don't forget to like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter and Instagram with the handle at Sports Divided. And we'll see you next week.